What up, y'all? Welcome to episode five of Indie Analysis. I'm your co-host, Jonathan Fridline. And I am Alan J. Pandian, and today we're talking about the Boston Celtics. The Boston, Boston Celtics. You got to say it with accent. <laughs> Boston, Boston. <laughs> the Boston Celtics, who, uh, and just I want everyone to know, I appropriately lit my room green. Yes, for the occasion. We we, Shout out to Alan that. with that idea. That was actually Alan's idea. Shout <laughs> out to my co-host there. The Boston Celtics, the t- a team that hopefully is fresh in everyone's brains because they won the East in the finals but lost to the Warriors. Hopefully everyone remembers that. They had a very successful regular season, 51-31, and 31, which was good enough for second in the East. Let's, let's talk talk a little bit about their uh their primary rotation so i would say this is an example of a team that is top heavy to put it that's kind of a baseball term but like top heavy meaning they have a really good starting lineup then everything after that's kind of subpar but they have marcus smart at the one and then two very young dynamic scorers and Jalen brown and jason tatum they got an aging but still good al horford veteran presence and they got Robert, Robert Williams III at center, someone who's really making a name for himself. Per, I'm a personal fan of him. Yeah. And then coming off the bench, you got players like Peyton Pritchard, who's a serviceable point guard. Derek White, who's, who's got who can um, – good perimeter defender. And then you got Aaron Naismith, Grant Williams, Daniel Tice. What? Not Daniel Tice anymore. Yeah. But this is last we'll get, season. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. This, yeah, this sure. is last season. Yeah, so – Going with that roster, one thing I found really interesting that in with the Celtics is that um, normally you see NBA teams like let's say the Warriors that like in the regular season they have certain stats, but in the reg- in the in the postseason they either up those stats or those stats go way down. So the Celtics though they're they're really in line with the stats. So you look at the stats they had uh, they were pretty much middle of the road in like field goal percentage. Uh, points per game, uh, three-point percentage. And uh, they're bottom five in the league. They're 25th in bench points per game. And you could see this in the Warriors series, especially, where um, they, at times, like let's say in game one and like game uh, three, they were able to score and keep pace with the Warriors and all, and pretty much like outscore them at uh, in the fourth quarters. And their bench scoring, it was good, but not like insane. Game one, it was really good. They had Derek White and Al Horford step up big time. But the scoring yeah. was pretty was pretty above average. But as you saw throughout the other games where they lost, their scoring kind of died down to be more mediocre and they could not keep up with the Warriors. And mm-hmm. and their bench scoring took a huge decrease in that series. And in addition to that, you can also talk about their defense. The Celtics, we saw throughout the playoffs, they're one of the best defensive teams in the NBA, and this is due to their incredible versatility. You have yes. Robert Williams, who anchors the defense. He probably might be a DPOY candidate in the future. He is an incredible shot blocker. He is a great help side defender, and he can stick a, He can stick with perimeter players decently. Not, not great, not like a Giannis, obviously, but he's not terrible. And then Marcus Smart. The current DPOI. The, the current DPOI, who who's like 
he's a very physical defender. He can guard one through one through three, and maybe in some bigs, he's very strong. He's very physical. Very his tenacity is incredible, and obviously mm-hmm. that's why he won the Defensive Player of the Year. Jalen Brown, mm-hmm. Jason Tatum, both very athletic defenders who can guard multiple positions. Now Horford, who's an underrated defender, he can guard multiple positions as well. Off the bench, you have Derek White, who's a great perimeter defender. Grant Williams, who's a, a pretty decent defender as well. And Aaron Neesmith, Payton Pritchard, they're all good defenders for their position. And Daniel Tice is yeah. also a pretty nice defender. So top to bottom, this team doesn't really have any defensive liabilities. And we saw that throughout the playoffs, especially, in, and I want to put this out, uh, the Brooklyn series, where Kevin Durant shot uh, his almost probably, the, he probably played the worst series in his that, career. Yeah, statistically, that was his worst ever yeah. series in his career, sure. which is crazy. He shot, yeah, he shot 38% from the field and averaged over five turns a game. But that's just a credit to the Celtics stifling defense. And yeah, that's what yeah, I no coincidence. Yeah. yeah, and what I'm like, like super impressed by is Jason Tatum's commitment to the defensive side of the ball. We see like often like, Superstar players, they'll take a break on defense, but Tatum, he was asked <laughs> to <Booker>. guard. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but he, he said it. Hey, no um, names will be named. No, names no I'll just clear named. my throat. <laughs> yeah, so, but um, Tatum was asked to defend Kevin Durant, which is like almost impossible if you think about it, but he did a great job, and the Celtics as a team were able to converge on Kevin Durant and stop him from being as effective as he could be. I so, think, um, yeah. If I if I can add on to that, yeah. Although you could sit, you could make the case, hey, if the Bucks were healthy, then Milwaukee would have won that series, mm-hmm. or if the Heat were healthy, they would have won. Yeah. Uh, I that could be you could you could make the case that could be true, but the Celtics really took advantage of what was laid in front mm-hmm. of them. They're like, hey, it's not our fault sure. that you're injured. We're gonna make the most yeah, of it, sure. and a lot of their a lot of their credit to their championship run is anchored by this defense. People say defense wins championships and that's not just a coach, you know, yelling at 10 year old you to play defense. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, sure. so yeah. I think that's definitely a big separator. Good, mm-hmm. good versus great. Good team versus a great team. You know what I'm saying? And the Celtics want to be great. Number, number two defensive rating in the league. Great, great foundation. So, yeah, great foundation yeah. for sure. And though their defense is great and their offense, their offense could use a lot of work. And what we both saw from this playoffs and this season is that they don't really have a true point guard. They have Marcus Smart, who is a great defender, like we said, but he's a below average shooter and he's not really a facilitator. Or I was going to say, yeah. yeah that's, not really his, that's not really his like natural position. Yeah, for sure. So, um, lack of a clear facilitator. So when we saw we saw him against the Warriors, when the offense ran amok, they would just kind of give it to Tatum or Jalen Brown and try to let them ISO for a score, which it worked. It sometimes works because those two are fantastic players. But to run an efficient offense in the half court, mm-hmm. I believe they need a true point guard and, and to win just isn't that. Yeah, and to win yeah. in a seven game series against a team that has a good, like a Phoenix Suns team. A, uh, Golden State Warriors team, you got to sure. be able to have that facilitator be like, hey, get the ball, set us up, let's get a bucket. And one last thing, they didn't really have a true three-point shooter. They had um, Grant Williams who shot 41% from three, and he was their only real knockdown shooter. Tatum, yeah, obviously Tatum, yeah, obviously Tatum is a great sh- – he's a good shooter, but he's not as consistent or he's not a uh, super reliable spot-up guy. And then Jalen Brown, same with him. Same so case. they – 
Yeah, so they could definitely uh, use some more shooting, with, especially with Marcus Smart not being a great shooter and Derek White not being a great shooter. They could definitely use some more um, perimeter scoring like that. In terms of scoring, this is their really only short shortfall, shortcoming. Because they got yeah. players in the post, you know, Al Horford, um, Al Hor- Horford and Robert, Robert Williams. Williams. Yeah. but And then you obviously got these dynamic Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Yeah, but like we we say this, I feel like I say this in every single episode. You know the way the league's going. Mm-hmm. You know teams are putting up, you know, like sometimes thirty three pointers a game. You got to yeah. have kind of more than one really like knockdown three pointer shooters. Yeah, yeah, especially in your starting lineup, I would say because Grant Williams, he's not like he's not a starting quality player at this mm-hmm. point in his career. So, yeah. mm-hmm. and you're starting lineup, preferably a guard who can just spot up, shoot, and maybe even play some good defense to fit in that system even better. Moving on to their offseason talk, we looked at their salaries and they didn't really have any big issues. Tatum's coming up. Uh, he's going to, if he makes the all NBA team this year, then which he probably will, he'd be up for a super max contract, which they will probably sign him to because it's Jason Tatum. And, um, the only thing I would say is Al Horford's contract because he's making $27 million, but it's an expiring contract, so they'll probably extend him for a cheaper contract at the end of the season or in the middle mm-hmm. of the season. So that's not a big deal. And um, for free agency, they signed Danilo Gallinari from the Spurs, and that – like we, we just talked about three-point shooting. That is like – That is what they needed. Like that. Exactly. That. Exactly, yeah. Space so, the floor. Hmm. He's tall. He's not. He's not the best defender, but he's tall. He can get rebounds. He can. Spread, they have defenders obviously. to spare. Yeah, they hundred percent. They do. <laughs> so, and they resigned a bunch of other players that they're not really worth mentioning. Let's get to the trade. The Celtics got their guy. The we every all the analysts and everybody said they should try to get this guy, and they, they got, got this guy. They got this guy for a bag of chips, literally. <laughs> so the Celtics said that a bag of little <laughs> chips, Lay's salt and vinegar chips. Salt That's and vinegar. Uh, no, salt and vinegar is pretty good, actually. Maybe, right. maybe um, just. Um, um, how about sour cream and onion? Sour cream and onion. Yeah, because it's I know green, we, like the Celtics. Uh, we, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if we offended you with that. If you like sour cream and onions, they're not terrible. Yeah, sorry, but but, but it's the equivalent of no. this trade. So, uh, for the Pacers, at least. So the Celtics got. Malcolm Brogdon, and we'll get into that, but the Celtics gave up Aaron Neesmith, Daniel Tice, Nick Stauskas, Malik Fitz, Jawan Morgan, and one first-round pick for first-round pick. So you could call that first. a fleece. You could call that a finesse. I don't care. The Celtics are amazing at trades, I guess. So. Brad Stevens strikes again. 100%. They got their guy, Malcolm Brogdon, someone you can give the ball to, facilitate the offense, set yeah. him up, give Jason Tatum <laughs> the ball when he needs it, set up the offense, get these guys their shots, get these guys their buckets. And some might even say he, he could be an underrated scorer. Malcolm Brogdon really reminds me of like a, play, a U type of player where he oh. he's, a, he's, a, he's a calling presence on the court. He's a he's, – He's he he can shoot the ball at an elite level. He's above a he's a, above a forty percent three point shooter, which as we talked about, they need more shooting. Above forty percent, he's a, a above ninety percent free throw shooter. He's a 50, 40, 90 guy, so he can shoot the lights very out. Very efficient, and he's a he's a very solid playmaker. He's not he's not maybe at the Chris Paul, LeBron James, Luka Doncic level, but he's a very solid playmaker. He's a great point guard, and. He can he can put the ball in the basket, which is what the Celtics need. With Tatum or Brown, or if they're not having an off night and the offense bucks down, they can give the ball to Malcolm Brogdon. He can create his own shot. 
and he can facilitate and he can defend at a high level. So he's pretty much like it's like it's hard to get a more it's hard to get a more perfect fit for Boston than Malcolm Brogdon. Really? Yeah. So that may have been the trade of the offseason for the they they that may have oh, been yeah. the trade of the offseason. So um so this next trade it's it's very unlikely now at, at this point in uh at this point in history but um maybe acquire KD uh, I mean why, why not at this point why why not why not try the the only the only thing I'll say about this if you try to get Kevin Durant and you don't get him you kind of ruin that relationship with Jalen Brown and whoever else you're trading that if they still remain on the team like Jalen Brown's been in trade rumors almost every year every year of his career and Kevin Durant is it's Kevin Durant so it's just like why not try to, why not try to get him so what we what we would say is that Boston gets Kevin Durant and Brooklyn gets Jalen Brown Marcus Smart Peyton Pritchard and at least around two or three first round picks maybe so if and if Brooklyn doesn't accept this deal I don't think there's a, another deal that they could genuinely say yes to because this yeah. deal is probably the best you're gonna get from any team but so, honestly yeah like you said at this point in time do they want to risk messing up what they have mm-hmm. yeah and, yeah so uh, i i don't let's, know it's, let's call brad up see what he's thinking <laughs> yeah brad if you listen to this just hit us up and let, let us know what you think brad leave can... your comments leave your thoughts in the comments below okay i'm for trusting sure. you yeah. yep that just about does that it. just about does it for Boston. As you can see, it was a shorter episode because the Celtics are already such a good team. They're just like the Bucks, where they don't have many flaws and there's mm-hmm. not too much to talk about, but they we are trying to keep to it short. Yep. Yeah. They're, they're looking to compete next year. And they, yeah. if, if they somehow get Kevin Durant, they're probably the championship favorites in the league. So yeah, but that's unlikely. So they're still contenders, but not the favorites. We'll see. Yeah. We shall see. So, Can I show the gram, Alan? Is that okay? Yes. Go. I was, I, was about, I was just about. I was just about to ask you. So. Go to Instagram. Type in <laughs> the pick and roll podcast underscore. Underscore. That was quick. Underscore. That's a wrap, though. I, try, I tried to trip them up. I was gonna. I said it fast that time. He said it fast. Underscore. But that, that's a wrap. That, that that is a wrap.